Um, I'm going to do something. We're going to part two of the series, His Magnificence. So if you were not here last week, I asked that you would come prepared this week and that you would watch throughout the week and be aware of ways that He is magnificent. He has shown Himself magnificent that you normally might not consider. So I'm going to give opportunity in just a moment for you to come and share those things because those words that you speak may be the very thing that opens the eyes of others and helps them see, wow, I never really associated this with with the power of God. Never associated this with the nature of who Yahweh is. And I want you today in just a moment to come and to share those things. But before we do that, I want to share this. Uh, I want to talk for just a moment and encourage you to follow me with Scripture. Uh, A statement that he makes about himself, that the Father makes about himself, that is so powerful, is so real, and it brings it all home. So turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 66. While you're turning there, let me say this. Uh, The purpose of this series is not in any way to fascinate anybody here watching or online with deep uh, musings and hidden mysteries or any of that, but instead the purpose is to help you see that God is actually all around you if you simply look for His glory. If you simply look for His glory... He is all around you. People, I've known people that have been challenged to accept that there is a God. I've known people who have allowed themselves to come to the place that they're convinced that there is no God. And I've known people that have witnessed the hand of God in so many ways there is nothing that could ever happen that would cause them to think otherwise. They're among us. Certainly, if not in this room, on your job or in your school or in your neighborhood or your family, somewhere around you every single day there are people whose interpretation of who Yahweh is is likely very different than yours. Some of them believe that He is God in this way. Some believe He might be God in that way. Some believe He's not God at all. But He's just a really good story that was formulated in the mind of some men that decided that it would be really cool if they would cause people to believe that there was something after life. You know, you don't know who those people are because sometimes people keep their feelings to themselves. It might be true, in fact, that this morning you were sitting beside someone that from time to time, maybe recently, maybe it's been a long while, but from time to time they have considered, "Mm, is this really real? Is he really there? You know, a lot of times we lose sight of truths because they're not active in our life. There are times that we lose focus on things that are valuable because of lack of use. There are times, a good example, I can tell you that there are skills that I had when I was younger that I no longer use anymore. I'll give an example of that. I was an electrician for a long time. I worked for my uncle. Anything related to wiring a house, I could tell you exactly how to do it. I could go into a home, I could go into a 2,000 square foot house, rough wire that house in a day, and everything would work when they turned the power on. It would just work. 
I knew exactly how many switches would be on a circuit, how many plugs would be on a circuit. I knew exactly whether it was 14 two-wire, 14 three-wire, if it was a three-way switch. I knew exactly what to use. I knew to run what gauge wire to run to the range, what gauge wire to run to the stove, to the refrigerator. I knew exactly what needed to be done to make the house work and to make and allow it to pass the code of those who decided, is this right? Did you pass? Did you qualify this house for us to flip the switch and bring electricity to it? So many years ago, I did this and I did it every single day. And my uncle would, he trusted me to go into a house with one or two helpers that would go with me and I would walk along the walls of this frame home that didn't have a single wire or anything in it and I would walk along the walls and I would get a vision of this house that was incomplete. And I would look at the studs. And I only knew to do this because I'd watched him so many times. So I duplicated his process. And I would walk into a house and I would get a vision, even though the walls were in different places and the house was a different size and most of them were solar at that time. And I would look at this thing and I would watch. And I would walk into a house and I would have one or two guys that he sent with me uh, to get the job done. And I would walk in the front door and as soon as I walked in, I had a black magic marker in my hand and I would immediately begin to write on the wall and I'd have the owner would be walking with me. The owner of the home, the person purchasing it. And I would say, what do you want here? Do you want this light to turn on with one switch or do you want a switch on both ends of the hall? I want one on both ends of the hall. So I would write S3, exactly 52 inches off of the ground. I would put my tape measure, draw a line, and I would write S3, which meant a three-way switch. And then I'd walk to the other end of the hall, and I would say, where on this wall would you like that switch? Right here. And I would raise that tape measure up 52 inches, draw me a line, and I would write S3. And we would know immediately, the guys that were following me would know that's a three-way switch and that's a hallway because they were listening to what the owners were saying. Then I'd go somewhere else, and they would say, I'd like a stove here, and I'd like a hot water heater here and I would like this over here and and as we went I would just go and then I would find out now this is a baby nursery so how many receptacles do you want well I want this many because I might need one or two more and I would measure up 17 inches and I would draw a line and I would write P for plug and I'd go to the next one and I would go down 12 feet down the wall or 10 feet whatever they wanted and I would measure up 17 inches draw a line I still remember those things and I would write P for plug and I would do that all throughout the house And then once we established exactly what the owner wanted, I would send the owner, I would say, thank you very much. At the end of the day or the end of tomorrow, this thing will look completely different. Wires will be in their proper place, so you're sure this is is your final answer. (laughs) Yes. All right, you can go. Thank you. They would leave the house. Then I would walk through all of those little magic marker marks I had throughout the entire house. You'll still find them today. You go into any rough house and you'll still find magic marker marks that people use today. And I would walk through the house and I would say, John or John Doe or whoever it was, I want a recept- I'm gonna, I want a, re- a line from a home run from the panel to this switch. And then from here, I want to go to there, to there, to there, to there, to there. And I would add 12 or 13 things and they'd have to remember it. They weren't writing anything down. They would remember it. And I want another one. I want a circuit. I want a home run to here, which meant it came from the panel, and I want it to here, and then I want to go from there to there to there to there to there to there to there. And I would tell them what I wanted connected. I don't want any one bedroom on its own circuit. I want to split the bedroom so if power goes out, every bedroom still has half power if that circuit went out. And there were little things that I would do to that thing. And as I went through, it was easy for me. And then when it was all wired, and, they, and I would take the drill, and I'd be popping all the holes where they would run those things, and I could pop the hole before anything was done and knew exactly that it was going to be just right. And I'd come out of that thing and it would be all done and when the finished product was complete and they were ready to move in and they'd turn the power on, they'd hit the switches and the light came on in two ends of the hallway. The range worked the way it was supposed to be. Everything worked. 
But I remember all of those things back then, it came to me without even giving it a thought. I didn't have to think about it. I'd walk into that house and I could run those wires and I could run those circuits and never give it a thought. Never thought about what size wire. I would just say to the guys, number eight, 12-2, 14-2. If it's a kitchen, 12-2. If it's a bedroom, 14-2. If it's a three-way, 14-3. Whatever it might be. And it just came to me. It was really easy. But today, see, I haven't done that in a long time. In fact, very long time. 30 years. Over 30 years. I've not wired a house in a long time. So today... If I had to wire a house, I'd walk in there and I can still see the foundation of things. I was walking through my kid's house the other day and as I was walking through, I didn't say anything to them, but I'm noticing all the different ways things are run. And I'm picky. When I go in there, if I don't like the way they did something, I, I might say something, but not usually. And if I didn't like the way they ran the wire, but I would see things, and I was walking through there the other day, and I realized when I saw the wire for the range, it was a little pigtail that was sticking out from the wall where the range was going to go. And I realized, I don't remember what size wire I need for that. If I had to do this today, I can't remember. Is that an eight or a six? Is that a double lot? What is that? And I realized how much I don't remember now of what I remembered then. I remember the basics. I've done so much wiring in this building right here, we've practically rewired it in the 14 years we've been here. But I don't remember all the details of that because of lack of use. So I can tell you that today, as we begin to think about the magnificence of God, sometimes, and let me back up, when I think about that time and season in my life when I was a lot younger than I am now, it was pretty amazing. That one, I was even trusted to go into somebody's house that they'd spent thousands and thousands of dollars on, a lot different then than now, I'm sure, but they'd spent thousands and thousands of dollars on. And I was trusted to go in there and make it light up, give it life. Nothing gives a home life more than electricity. That's why they're paid more than any other trade in the house. Because without electricity, you have no AC. You have no stove. You have no water heater. That's why they get paid more than anybody else in a trade. Because without it, everything else depends on it. And I thought to be trusted with that. But then all these years have passed. And there's no telling how much I've forgotten because of lack of use. And this is my word to you today. When we begin to talk about His magnificence, many people aren't aware of how magnificent God really is. Because they've stopped seeing the things around them as it being His fault. That the moon lights the night sky. They've forgotten that it's his fault that the sun is causing the buds to appear on those crepe myrtles out there in the island. They have forgotten that it is his fault that someone had the brainiac power to provide combustion so that you could get in your vehicle and even get here this morning. They forgot that it was his fault that they were able to sit around a table in peace today. I want to talk about these things today. So, let's read in Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. Let's see what he says about himself. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? This really applies so much, and I don't want to get off track again. But this applies, not again, but the first time today. This applies so much to what we were talking about a moment ago when we worship, it is outward. He said, what is the house that you're going to build for me? 
Don't, I want you to focus on who I am today, he says. Focus on me, the house will take care of itself. He says, what is the house that you would build for me and what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made, I've made it all. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord, because I made them. Everything you possess, everything around you, everybody look around you right now. Everything you see came from the heart of God, came from the creative spirit of Yahweh. Everything, the chair you're sitting on, the cool Hawaiian shirt Christian is wearing, everything you have on today, everything beside you and around you and above you, these lights, the fact that we, have, we can live stream all across the world today is simply because He is. All these things my hand has made and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. He who recognizes that it all begins with me. He who is not proud or arrogant. He who is not, does not accept responsibility for what I did. They can be proud that they were obedient, but they have to give me glory. Because it all began with me, he says. So how did the people of the Bible see the magnificence of Yahweh? So this is what I want to address today. We're talking about the magnificence of God, and I want to share with you three stories quickly about three people in Scripture, and then I'm going to give you opportunity to speak, but three stories in Scripture of people who saw the magnificence of God, and I want to tell you how they saw it. And then I'm going to give you opportunity to share with others what that means to you. So how did the people of Scripture see the magnificence of God? Noah, everybody say Noah. Noah, Noah saw it in God's promise to preserve his family and those who honored the Father by giving him the plans to build an ark. Noah saw it in, the, in Yahweh's promise to preserve his family and those who honored God by giving him plans to build an ark. He saw the magnificence of God when he heard the voice of God say, I want you to build something that you've never seen. I want you to build something that would be impossible to describe if I didn't give you the nature of it. I want you to build this thing. So how does this apply to you and me? We see it, the magnificence of God, in the ways that he gives us wisdom, like Noah, to overcome circumstances in our life that were unexpected or expected if we will trust Him. Like Noah, if you will look around you, Noah had this, this, this issue, this situation, there was uh, unrighteousness all around him, and he saw the unrighteousness, but God showed up in the middle of all of that and made a way. We see it, if you will look around you, how many ways has He actually delivered you from things you didn't even recognize was Him? Giving you the knowledge to get out of that thing. Giving you the wisdom to walk out that situation. David saw it in God's decision to choose the youngest and the smallest of his family to lead God's people. The youngest and the smallest. Now how does this apply to you? God doesn't need the smartest. Or the strongest. He needs the willing. He doesn't need the tallest. He doesn't need the one who has studied the most. He needs the one who is most willing. He needs a David. He needs somebody who will rise up and say, I'm willing. And I see your magnificence in the fact that you have chosen me 
to walk this thing out when everybody said, I don't have, the, I'm not capable for whatever reason it might be, I'm not going to fill in the blank, but I'm incapable for whatever reason, but you chose me. It wouldn't be in my heart if you didn't pick me to do it. God doesn't need the smartest or the strongest. He needs the willing. Deborah, this is really cool. Deborah saw it as having, she saw the magnificence of God as having the distinct honor, listen to this, of being the only woman in Scripture that Yahweh chose to be both a prophet and a judge. There were other prophets that were women. But she was the only woman who was a prophet and a judge. In fact, there was only one other person in Scripture that was both, and that was Samuel. Nobody else, only two people in all of Scripture that were both prophet and judge. One was Samuel, one was Deborah. So she saw it in having the distinct honor of being the only woman in Scripture that God chose to be both a prophet and a judge. How does this apply to you and me? Our rules are just that. They are our rules. And the Father doesn't run His system through our rules. Our rules might be, you can't do this because this is unacceptable. It's not possible for a woman to be a prophet and a judge. It's barely possible in that time to be a prophetess. So how can I be a judge too? Well, your rules say you can't be. But my rules say I created you. I created the mind of every single person who might judge you. And this is what I've determined. So watch how I'll do it. Our rules are only our rules. In a world of men, God chose a woman. Don't underestimate the creativity and the confidence of God in the person right beside you. You see the magnificence in the person right beside you. When you hear stories over and over again, do you think for a second that a Steve Jobs became who Steve Jobs was simply because he was a smart man? He was a troubled man. Yet God used him. Would Steve Jobs say that God used him? Maybe not. It's his loss. But had he recognized the magnificence of God, he might still be alive. What's a guy Microsoft? Um, Bill Gates. Bill Gates wouldn't be Bill Gates if it were not for the magnificence of God moving in his life. The person sitting beside you, you have no idea, but the magnificence of God is in them. Look at them right now. The magnificence of God is right inside that person right beside you. Now you'll get to do two things. Well, you might say, I don't see much magnificence. Don't say that. Don't, don't. And you might say, I see a lot of magnificence. To whatever measure you see it or don't see it, if you see it, the Father sees more. If you don't see it, the Father sees all of it. That's how it applies to you and me. So when we consider the magnificence of God, as I said some weeks ago, and I'll tell this this week and next week, but as I said a few weeks ago, this all began to stir in me when I looked at our puppy, the simplest thing, and I looked at our puppy that was having, had had surgery, and she was laying on the ground. She was completely uh, drugged and for pain and 
swelling and whatever else the drugs were for. And she's laying there on the ground and I'm just soothing her and I'm petting her and she's looking at us with those little black beady eyes and, and you can just see in her she's trying to figure out what is going on. Why can't she stand up on her own? Why won't we let her just go play? She's trying to figure all this out and I'm just soothing her and I'm petting her and I'm looking at the wound on her hip where she had surgery and I'm looking at all of those staples or stitches that they had in her leg. And as I look at that, I simply lifted my voice and I said, Yahweh, you are magnificent, out loud. I'm sitting in my living room on the floor with the dog and I said, Yahweh, you are magnificent. And then following that, as I begin to think about what just came out of my mouth, I begin to say all of the things I saw in his magnificence. I said, Medicine is your magnificence. Healing is your magnificence. Life is your... And I just, all these things started spewing out of my mouth, out loud. I'm just, I'm all alone, me and the dog. And I'm just, out loud, I'm just saying, you are magnificent in this way. And you are magnificent in that way. And you are... Did I never notice those things before? No, I did. But when was the last time I just said, you are amazing? Because I was looking at something that only He could do. How many times have any of us looked at something that's going on? Whether Again, I'll go to Steve Jobs and he creates the Apple computer, best computer ever made, and he creates this, and that's true, it's true. It's not even a, I'm not making that up, that's true. He, make, he made the best, the best technology, computer generated, or related to computers, ever. How many times did we look at that and say, and how many people have said, man, he's an intelligent guy. Wow, I wish I had that brilliance. I wish I had been in my garage with Steve Ballmer or whoever it was and came up with all of this. I wish I'd have been the one that did that. You are. If you recognize it and you say, man, Steve Jobs is brilliant. Yahweh, you are magnificent in the way that you release your wisdom to people. And it is fascinating who you choose to release it to. Someone might say, well, he wasn't righteous. Why would he get it? Because maybe he's the only one that would run with it. Maybe he was the only one the Father knew. Man, I've searched the world over and I haven't found one believer that has the confidence to do something that's never been done. But I got this guy that will do what's never been done. He may not honor me, but somebody's going to come along behind him and recognize that he could only do it because of me. Is anybody getting what I'm telling you this morning? And the father says, I'm going to do it in Steve Jobs because he believes he can do it, even if he doesn't recognize that it's me giving him the wisdom and the intelligence and all of the pieces to do this. I'm going to do it in him because somebody, a Steve Parker is going to come along, however many years later, a Steve Parker is going to come along and he's going to stand up in front of a a congregation of people. He's going to stand up in front of some attentive listeners that are wide awake and excited about what the magnificence of God. And he's going to stand up in front of them and he's going to say, Steve Jobs didn't do one thing without the hand of God in the middle of it. Whether he honored God or he did not. Pharaoh didn't chase the Israelites through the Red Sea because he liked to chase. He chased them because God wanted to show himself mighty on behalf of those who looked to him. Pharaoh, get up! Go after them! The father opened the door and let him go. Just 
to demonstrate that he is God. So our rules are simply our rules. But the Father is in everything. So I'm going to ask these questions. How have you seen the magnificence of God this week in your life? And how has his, this viewpoint, this view, this, what you saw, how has it changed you? Now, because I'm going to open it up and I'm going to... Uh, AJ, would you bring that mic out here in the center of the floor? I want you to come and I want you to share with the people how you have seen the magnificence of God. But when you do, you don't get the whole service. You get a minute. One minute. And I just want to say so nobody's offended, if you go too long, I'm going to say next. That way you're not offended. I'm just going to say next. Because I want to hear and I want the people to hear the magnificence of God. Who's going to start this? The magnificence of God can be seen in my relationship with all of you. You know, like I've got grilling buddies like Jim. Uh, I have people who play like board games, but I also have deeper people like some of the, I don't want to say older, but some of the more seasoned veterans who I'm able to go to and share my heart. And so the magnificence to me is that in a world that's, I'm being told is torn apart and I'm being told is full of racism and I'm being told that there's all these problems. I don't have to face them in here. And when we take in here out of there. So I think the magnificence of Yahweh is all of our relationships, how diverse we are and how one we are. That's great. Fantastic. Well said. Not today. One minute. Start that timer. All right. So um, real quick, I recognize the magnificence of Yahweh uh, on Friday when the school honored my mom. Um, And I've just been hearing all morning. There's a test. There's testimony, which is about you. And there's recognizing his magnificence, which is about others and about him. It's great. So the testimony comes after. It never comes before. People who are leading with a testimony, if they're not recognizing his magnificence, it means nothing. Well said. So when you see it in others, that's the way you you recognize it. When they honored my mom, I saw things that I didn't know about, that I didn't even know about. It's not that she didn't want to tell me, but she's not one that she wasn't seeking a testimony for herself. She was, you know, seeking the, uh, recognizing his, his magnificence in others and bringing up others. So, yep. Had to get my jog on James look like he's about to sprint up here. Well, I actually saw his magnificence in a few ways this week. One, which really moved me, was just in a conversation that I was having with my son. And so, if you know my son, he's one and a half, so he can't really talk. But I was just moved because He's in a, his spirit is perfectly mature and he, his spirit dwells in his body, you know, his soul, all those things are in that, that one place, but he, he, when he, he's still growing. So there's a, there's going to be an age where he really put his spirit starts to possess his mind. And, um, and I was just like, Yahweh, wow. It's awesome that he can't stay in this place. And since he was born, since he started breathing air, he started to mature. He started to mature. He started to become more cognizant. Like, if you think back to your first memories, it's like probably like six or seven. But that doesn't mean your spirit wasn't all the way you and all, all the way in your body. So I was just kind of just like, man, Yahweh, you're so great in how 
when we grow, we come to a place of maturity, and that starts a whole new beginning. That starts a whole new level of possessing, you know, our thoughts, our mind, our body, and our relationships. Because one day I'm going to be able to have an actual conversation with him that we can all, we can all experience. So thank you, guys. So, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, um, so this, this week, my son is having a brain study done. So Friday night, they hooked him up. He's got, I don't even know how many wires and stuff glued to his head. And, uh, so he's sitting in the room and they got the computer and you see there's brain waves on there. Right. So if he's sitting there doing nothing, there's nothing. I mean, it's just, it's not flat, but it's basically flat. You know what I mean? But the minute he moves anything, just one little digit, you see everything just light up. Like everything moves, everything, it just becomes alive, you know. And the more he does, the, the wider it gets and the bigger it gets. And I just saw, you know, all the things that got to go together in your brain, in your body, to make one small movement. We just think, move our hand, you know what I mean, it moves. But all the things that come together, that's the Father. And every movement we make, that's the Father, his magnificence in it. So. Um, I wore better shoes today so I could kind of reach, but anyways, um, so I saw Yahweh's magnificence this week with speaking with my brother. Um, I was just seeing Yahweh's hand in his life that I haven't seen in a while, and that's things that we prayed for, you know, and it was just really cool because he's recognizing the Father's hand in his life, so when I saw that, I was just like, you know, sometimes people might feel like that's hopeless and like that's not going to be any, like he feels that way for himself. But it was just so nice to see Yahweh's hand, like, moving in his life. And he's not even in church, like, but he's recognizing, like, this is Yahweh's hand through our demonstration of family. So, yep, that's just it. Bless the Lord. I'm a little slow. Mariah, you got in front of me, so you know. But um, I I really, uh, so... Uh, we just ha- we have our house, uh, praise the Lord, and uh, with the joys of home, on- home ownership, uh, AC went out. I called JB right away. JB, what's up? And he he told me right away. It's like there's this part, and he told me everything that went in and a little bit more. Thank you, JB. Uh, <laughs> but he he was able to tell me right then and there. He said this is going to be gross, but you're going to need to blow in this part. There's a blockage. You need to clear it. So I, I, I did that, and it was so amazing to me that, that this is, first of all, that he knew everything, like, right away. Like, I was like, it was like the Matrix, like, go here and go, go now. Like, <laughs> so, so I did it, and I, I felt it clear out, and I was, I was amazed, and it started, it started working. But the part that really blew my mind was, man, my, my name is on the lease, or on the lease, on the deed, right? My name, my, I have this house, but do I possess this house? And so someone else made this, and someone put it all together, but you start to own it. You start to possess it when it's part of a work that you had to, you, when you put work into it, you start to own it in your own way. And it's like, we have this life. And so it's amazing to me. It's like, you're, you, you have a name. You have an identity. But what are you doing with your life? Are you possessing it? 
Are, are, are your children more than... So that is Yahweh's magnificence. So see what... Um, see, I can tell you when I say next, don't be bothered by the fact that we're moving people along because I want to hear from everybody. What sometimes we do... You know, when we start telling a story, and I'm guilty of it more than anyone, that's why I've never given myself only one minute, but uh, <laughs> what we do is we, we fill in blanks sometimes, we keep going, we keep going, we keep going, but when we have opportunity to hear the voices of everyone, it's important that we hear the voices of everyone, and that's why I'm doing that, so don't be bothered by that, so if I say next, don't be bothered by that, that I say that. Go ahead, Norris. So, the, uh, all right. <laughs> I know, I know. So, I do, <laughs> I do volunteer work in Lake Mary, and I was volunteering with this guy, and he, and, and uh, really good guy. He, he was uh, apparently whenever you are, when you look young and you have a ring on, people just ask you, "You're married now? Why?" And I'm just like, you know, and, and we had a conversation with that guy. I had a conversation with that guy, and I was just talking about my marriage. And, and he was just, you know, he wasn't hearing it. And, but the, there was a guy, this guy that I'm talking about, he was listening in on the conversation. So as he heard me talk about my marriage, he pulled me aside and said, hey, man, you're, I heard you talking about your marriage. And I'm obviously I'm talking, I'm saying great things about it because I don't want him to think marriage is terrible. So... He, uh, he, he, he said, he says, uh, and I'm just speaking from my heart, like my experiences and, and how, how much I love my marriage. And, and he comes to, to talk to me and he said, I heard you talking. And I said, yeah, yeah. We, we started chopping it up. And then I said, are, are, are you married? And then he said, he said, I'm actually getting a divorce. And I said, oh my, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's like the response we give. I walk off, I was like, I'm so sorry to hear that, and, and, and we started talking about that, and then I walked, walked away, and then I, the father said, he said, You're, that's, not, that's not how that conversation was supposed to end. And, and, I, and I just turned back around, and I said, do you still love your wife? Like, do you feel like she loves you back? Was it a misunderstanding? Like, what happened? Do you have kids with her? They have a five-year-old. And, and I said, I said, dude, if you really love her, if you really want to be with her, you really feel like she's the one that you're supposed to be with. I don't know this guy's relationship with the father, but I knew that on my heart. I, I said, it said, talk to this guy. Tell him, do everything you can to get back with your wife. Don't go on that Arizona trip to get your mind off of it with your boys. You know, don't go drinking. Don't, don't do any of that. Get your, you have 30 days before he signed the papers. And he, and he did it. And, and, and I told him, I said, just and he calls me a month later, and I said, and he says, uh, uh, he, which was this week. He said, he said, I did everything I could, and and we're back together, and we're remodeling our homes, and 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 it was it was just an awesome thing to experience. That's the magnificence I experienced. So, yeah. uh -huh. beat you. All right, so I don't know how you condense 25 years into a minute. Not real fair. But I'm, I'm going to be short. That usually buys me time, right? Um, so I was broken. Uh, it, it was a mess. I moved 10 times in one summer just to give you a glimpse of how a mess my life was. 
and nothing happens fast, and in this microwave society we have, everybody wants it now. But, you know, it was, Yahweh is in the details. That's really the key for me. And one of the first things that I learned was paying attention to the details because no one else would. And one step at a time, just learning that step and then going to the next one with him. And over 25 years, he took someone that was broke, broken, a mess, had no direction, and he's turned me into who I am today. And so, you know, I find pleasure in being able to do everything that I do for the house. To have an impact on people's lives is what moves me. It's not about money for me. It's about reputation and what impact can I have on your life today, you know. And if you would have thought that about me 25 years, you wouldn't have. It it wasn't me. It wasn't in me. And so it's just his magnificence has taken someone that was really nothing and lost and put me in a place where I actually can have an impact on people's lives. Yahweh showed me this week the difference between arrogance and um, confidence. And the confidence is, has to be only him. You have arrogance, you say, you say, I know how to do something. And you're puffed up about it. But that doesn't mean you necessarily know how to do it. Confidence says, he has confidence in me, so I have confidence in who I am. So I learned this week... I remember thinking back while I'm teaching these people how to drive giant trucks, and I thought, if I didn't have confidence, they couldn't have the confidence to do it themselves. I can't have arrogance and say, well, I've been doing this for 30 years. You need to know how to do it. That doesn't work. But confidence in what you know and who you are gives someone else that jump into, hey, I can do that too. You, you, let me say this, if in your, in your world, in your mind, and I'm, I'm just looking down because I don't want to look anybody in the face because I wouldn't know who to look at, but if in your world, in your mind, you're struggling to see where you saw his magnificence this week, um, that may be the reason you're struggling in your situation. If we can't recognize the magnificence of God in the things that relate to other things, we will never be able to shout about Him in the things that relate to us. Let me tell you what my thought is. Every single person in this building should have been lined up on this wall ready to say, I saw this. The fact that you aren't concerns me. I'm just being honest. The fact that you aren't anxious to talk about his magnificence? Does that make him anxious to move on your behalf? Is anybody hearing me this morning? Is that a rebuke? Yes. Why? Because I want you to see the hand of God in every part of your life. And if you can't see him in the things that are outside, if you're having to consider the ways that you see his magnificence, I would question what type of relationship, if at all, do you have with him? If you can't see his magnificence, you haven't met him yet. I'll leave it at that. All right, real quickly. 
Well, I see magnificence in, in my relationship with my family, always, especially with my son lately. You know, we've been working out together, you know, and been doing different things. And, and it's been amazing because I came in, I had a fear, but you know what? He, he loved and he coached that fear out of me. And so I find myself, <clears throat> I find myself doing things that I didn't think I could do with Wow, wow. You know, and uh, wow. I love that magnificence wow. in that. Yes. Amen. I also love the magnificence in the fact that on uh, this past Tuesday, we, uh, my, my circle group met, and we just simply talked about the difference on, on how important it is to have a smile and to be willing to greet somebody and to be willing to say hello because... I am a representation of the supernatural to the natural. And so if I can't smile and say hello, if I can't smile and greet somebody or wave and, hey, what's up, you know, to somebody, how are they supposed to know the supernatural, this magnificent God that I'm smiling about? And so that's what I love. Amen. Okay, so this week um, I was driving down the road with my family, my husband, my sons, and my nephew. And um, as I was riding down the road, the we were on the highway, and this car in front of me all of a sudden swerved, and right in front of me was a huge pallet in the middle of the road. And I swerved over to the right, and this was a four-lane highway, so there's a truck right next to us, and they at the same time moved over. It was like in unison and went around it. We didn't hit the pallet at all, and we were protected, and that, to me, was Yahweh's magnificence. And on top of that, I was able to warn my parents because they hadn't gotten to that point. I called them on the phone. I told them to stay in the left lane so they wouldn't hit it. So. Okay, y'all count down, 60 seconds. I have lots of, lots of magnificence that I see. <laughs> Uh, so this week in particular, on Monday night, um, I did have a moment where I just spoke about what I saw as, magnific- as magnificent, and that was, you know, Yahweh can give you dreams that you thought you, that you never knew you had, <laughs> and I'm a dreamer, so, you know, I pretty much know most of my dreams, but in particular with Dine or with this redeeming or this redemption of the yoga practice, when I was sitting in the Monday night class, you know, with the ladies that were there, I had this moment where I just saw how magnificent it is that he revealed something to me so deep and so precious. And, but now it's not just me. And I'm looking around. And here are all these people, and it's multiplying. And I know it's just the beginning. And I, that, to me, was such a moment of his magnificence. Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, I recognize the Lord's magnificence. Um, you know, over the past couple of months, you know, growing up, I was always obsessed, you know, with, like, having superpowers, you know, thinking, like, I, I could always have these things, and I, I would create characters and pick and choose from all these different sources and stuff. And, um, you know, just going through a whole lot of classes and chemistry and all this other stuff, you know, I kind of realized, like, like, people just by themselves are pretty powerful, you know. Um, you have all these different things, like sweat is completely like unique to the way humans operate and the reason why they're able to do things for so long and for um, over great distances and um, 
you know, we even have like built-in superpowers, you know, like we can squeeze uh, like our own livers to produce oxygenated blood. And it's, it's incredible like what humans are able to do, you know, just by themselves. And I think it's a, a really beautiful portion of uh, God's design. Hi, I'm China. Hi, I'm Sydney. <laughs> and as of uh, uh, Friday of last week, we are now officially business owners. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just, you know, Yahweh showed his magnificence in many ways through this whole process, um, how it began and where we are now. And just, you know, the fact that we're sisters and we're working <laughs> together is, you know, not as magnificent in itself. Um, we've had practice, though, because we've been a part of the ELC for some years together. Of course, a lot still of times. Still not easy. <laughs> I was going to say it was easy. <laughs> wow. Still not easy. But um, we just, you know, we just want to give all honor to God for the opportunity yes. that he has given us here, um, especially coming through the rock and Pop Steve and Mama Kim. Um, so, yeah. Let's have a Hi everyone, my name is Camelia, and obviously this nation here is really a wonderful nation. And of course we have that wonderful leader that everyone follows. And um, this whole week, um, this church has given me for lunch uh, since my mom passed away. And they've been blessing me because it was hard for me to actually cook. And plus, my house, the house that I was living in, it was being sold, and I was going through so much. But I saw such beauty of everything that the Lord has been doing. And not just the week, but all the time, every day of my life. And he's been so wonderful. He is everywhere. And I see it every day. And I see it because he gives, he gives me that vision, you know, and he gives me dreams and, you know, the prophecies. So it's everywhere. It's here, and no matter where you walk, and when you see it in the earth, everywhere. And I see it. I see it every single day. And sometimes, if you don't see me here, it's because I was taking care of my mother. It was a long journey, but I'm happy because I know she's with the Lord, and he has showed me that through her, saying that she, you know, she wasn't talking. And she said, I did a turn around death. And when she said that, I knew and she was, she was with the Lord. So I see every day in each and every one of you when you guys walk in, even if I don't acknowledge anything, but I know and I see. So that's what I got to say. I can control my volume, so I, I brought it up here for that. Um, I'm just saying Okay, um, um, so a lot of y'all know this, some of you don't know this, but I have four children, two boys, two girls, and 14 grandchildren. Um, one son and four grandchildren are not a part of my life, okay? And the family I have here is awesome to me. The way Sam called me the other night, just like one of my kids would, woke me up, you know. 
you know, and, and assumed that I would be awake, you know. Josh does that too, by the way, at 1130 at night. But, but it just made me realize that I have family here. So Yahweh has blessed me with what I've lost. Thank you. All right, so I said I wasn't going to cry, but then I had to listen to that. Um, so I'm Sandra. Um, magnificent is like totally all of you. Um, I am. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's just me. It's usually me. Um, I left here last week, and it was really focused. And what Steve said to look for the magnificent, and I said I got this. I'm going to do it all week. And I was distracted. I didn't, I distracted with things that didn't matter. And I missed yoga. And I was so mad at myself. And I was like, not a big deal. But, and then I came today and I said, I'm going to focus on what you guys were saying. And I was so mad at myself. I didn't look for the magnificent last week because I was distracted. And um, you called us out. And that's why I got up. Um, you guys. You have no idea. Or, you know what? I know you guys do. So, um, thank you. Also going to grab one of these because I tend to cry when I talk. I don't know. I just do. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like a safety blanket. So, anyway. Um, now, I wanted to thank Steve for bringing up, as he was talking about magnificence, um, that you mentioned medicine. Because people sometimes don't attribute healing to that. And healing is something that I reach for and I know that it's there. But in the journey to full healing, I know that medicine is a part of that. So I bless you for acknowledging that and recognizing that while you were with your puppy. <laughs> and um, I recently um, had a new system for uh, my insulin delivery that I got upgraded to. And in that, it gave better control and, I don't know, I don't want to go into like length of how it works, but basically it helps me to be better controlled and in a way that is less effort on my part. And it was like game changer, you know, for me. And so, but uh, what I see magnific magnif his magnificence in that is not everyone can have that and not everyone can afford it because it is pricey and... Um, Yahweh has put me and my husband in a place that that is something that is accessible to me. And I don't take that lightly because there are many people who cannot. And um, the fact that I can and Yahweh sees fit to have me have those things accessible, those tools, and um, on my journey to full healing. I'm very small. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely not a good public speaker. Um, so um, during youth, this one day, Josh told us a little bit about a dream that he had a long, long time ago. And in my mind, I realized, wait a minute, Dan, I have that dream also. Um, I somehow remembered it. And I realized me and him had the same dream, haven't talked to him about it yet. Hey, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> But um, during that time, sort of when I realized that, um, I had trouble 
realizing that the impossible could be possible. And so through that, I saw that his magnificence is making the impossible possible. So, so Emily, Emily, who told you you're not a good public speaker? Then why would you buy the lie? So I would take that thought and I would deposit that in a place that you will forget and never come back, never go back to it. Okay. Great, perfect tight. Okay, so I find the magnificence in the unity we have with each other and the strength that we provide for each other. Um, I know Emily was a little bit shy, and um, I was able to provide that bit of bravery for her, and I can see completely that that isn't just me. That's Yahweh that gives us that bravery that we can deposit into every one of our peers and so that we can all become one and strong and that we can all show his glory. How are we doing? So excited. So um, I saw Yahweh's Magnificence um, a lot this week in our gym. We have the opportunity to do a different workout that's a little less intense for some people. And because it's grown so much, we had to put new flooring down and a new space. And it's so wonderful. And they're not like on the side. They're not just, oh, here you are. You have, they have their own individual spot. It's very special. I'm so excited about that, that he gave us the opportunity and just grew us. So he is magnificent in our growth and our business. And then one of my um, personal training clients, he came to me and he um, said he has a desire. And he said, will you join with me in prayer? And I said, absolutely. And I struck hands with him because that's what we do when we come in agreement with somebody or something. I agreed with him. And I don't know that he knew that's what I was doing, but I'm always high-fiving people. (laughs) So it was fine. So then I got a text on Wednesday. He's like, his um, request was uh, you know, um, Yahweh gave him the desire of his heart, and he was so excited. And then when he came in, we have 30 minutes, so you get 30 minutes of my time. That's how, that's what you pay for. Whether we talk or we train, that's what you get. And he spent 15 minutes of it, which I was thankful for, expressing his thankfulness and expressing how much he loved Yahweh. And so Yahweh's magnificence is all over my life and all over our business, and I'm so thankful. Amen. I want to do this. Um, Jordan, have you, have you ever um, preached or taught uh, before in a, in a congregational setting? You are next Sunday. The, I'm going to tell you why, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to... Uh, Alicia, are you in line? <laughs> She's been here long enough to answer right well. You are. Okay, so we're going to give all of these the opportunity to speak, and we're going to pick up immediately next Sunday from the get-go. No music. We're going to jump right in. And I'm expecting anyone who has not said anything today to bring, to be observant this week. I want to tell you why this is important to me. And Jordan, the reason you're going to do what you're doing 
is because I, kept, I couldn't help, every time I looked at the line, I couldn't help but see you. And there's, the magnificence of God is so many times what He births in us is greater than what our mind has the ability to comprehend. So I'm not in any way suggesting that you are a minister of the gospel from a pulpit perspective. I'm not suggesting that. And neither am I denying that. What I am saying is, I'm putting you out there because you need to see some things that are present that you haven't seen yet. And, and that's just what I know. And I, that's His magnificence. So next week when you come, I'm gonna, you're going to start this whole thing and you've got 10 minutes and you're going to prepare this and you're going to share what He puts in you and then you're going to let people come up and this is going to happen again next week. And it's going to be everybody's coming with something that's incredibly magnificent. I'll come back to it in a minute. Are you good with that? Good, because it wasn't a question. All right, who's next? Hello. Um, I wasn't going to say anything because I don't like talking in front of people. But um, um, I do. Don't do that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's very small. So I was making um, T-shirts for um, my business, and I saw the magnificence in that because I see that it gives me relationships relationships with people that I didn't think that I would have relationships with. And I had a lady tell me that. Um, she said, I saw Holy Spirit through you. And um, she started going back to church two weeks ago because of me. So, yeah. I'm a lot of people's mamas in here. Well, it's uh, his magnificence to me is life. It's about life. Um, I went and spent two weeks with my grandchildren, and I have like two sets. Part of them are young adults, and then I have a set from like seven to one and I and as I was there with them and I saw the maturity and where the um, older ones had come from because they had went through so much difficulty and changes in their life because their mother was you know on drugs and going through all these different changes in, in life and even myself in life and um, I think about all the changes that we've been through since 20, 20 and 21 I just look at it and I'm like Yahweh in myself look where you have brought me from and the strength and the strength that we draw from each other and I just want to say I love my house I love this house. I mean, I tell everybody, I say, you come to the rock. I said, we're the melting pot. I said, it's no, I said, we're all family. And I mean, when I said we're family and my sisters and my brothers and my children and my great-grandchildren, my grandchildren, uh, that is where I see the magnificent. And, and he's not done. Yahweh is not done, and that's the best thing. That, that's the thing that I love about him. He's not done. 
While Heather's coming up, I want to say, uh, if you don't know it already, Miss Judy that just spoke is my mom who's in Houston. They're best buds. And they were best buds before they ever met. And it's, it's, it's just an incredible, that's magnificent. That's the magnificence of God's. Hello, I'm Amy. So, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> so I was sitting back there and I knew even walking in here, the, the Holy Spirit wanted me to share something. I didn't know what that was. So I kept saying to Joe, I'm like, should I say this? Should I say that? And I'm like, okay, you know what? Just, just do it. So I'm going to say this. My God is magnificent. Because. so many opportunities for me to walk away. <laughs> Hurts and just things. But in every situation, I knew that God was there. When Joe and I lost our first child, this is very personal. I gave birth at home. We birthed our lifeless child at home, Joe and I. And we fell to the floor. It was like, why God? And it took a long time to get through that. But on the way to the hospital that day, we looked outside and there was a rainbow. And right then and there, he spoke to me. I'm not going to say everything he said because it's personal to us. And that's just one example. We have multiple. And he is so magnificent that even in those times when you think, I can't go on, I don't want to. He puts it in you. He gives you this grit that you're like, where did this come from? I was on the floor. We were on the floor. I delivered a lifeless child just in a toilet just to say that. That's, that's some hard crap. And he just, I don't know, and that's just one story. I mean, there's, we all have these stories, but somewhere this grit inside, I believe, comes from the Holy Spirit. To me, that is magnificent. That is magnificent that I could pick up the pieces, no matter what, all of us in this room today, we pick up the pieces and we say, you know what, God, no matter what happened, you are magnificent. Because I am standing here in front of all of you giving this testimony. That's magnificent. That ain't me. That's the Holy Spirit. it's awkward I'll be brief so here's my that's my perspective yeah I'll crouch that's why I didn't I actually wasn't going to come up because I don't like public speaking because I have an issue being brief I kind of just say every thought that I have and then I like extrapolate my point so I was like 
one minute, and I, there's so much. There is a lot. It's like the predator confusion effect, where, like the pack animals are safe because they can't decide which to attack, kind of. Like, what do I want to talk about? I couldn't, like, close the, like, eyelid on, like, the, I couldn't get the bullseye on what I wanted to say. And I'm like, I just am so much better at, you know, or kind of expressing myself there. And with my approach to music, I think, is a better way of kind of how I express magnificence. And he always said, and that is my magnificence. It's that idiosyncrasy of how you can express that. You know, not everyone has to express this the same way, and that is my magnificence. So that's what I have. Thanks. Hello. <laughs> so a little bit of backstory. When I was about 11 or 12, I came close to applying a permanent solution to a temporary problem, uh, to put it lightly, so to speak. And recently, I was browsing an online discussion forum, and there was a woman who had lost her husband to a suicide. Unfortunately, he was successful. And she had a hard time understanding kind of how that happened. She said he was the life of the party and um, very outgoing. And so I just shared some insights with her from my experience that unfortunately people who commit suicide are usually very good at hiding it. So it's, so it's not something that comes out of nowhere, at least uh, for that person. And so I, f I felt that that was Yahweh using kind of my past and maybe my pain to, to help her uh, with uh, reconciling uh, what she had experienced. So I wasn't really sure I was going to share today, um, but I made it in time, so here I am. Um, I generally get stopped in the middle of my day, my life, with his magnificence. So he'll stop me um, to ask me to pause, and he'll draw my attention to the green grass over there. I'm just, I'm very receptive to the nature part of what's around me. So, um, and often it's uh, an influence of my mother. So he'll stop me, ask me to notice, and then remind me of her. So it's a big part. 